0: You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Hey there, welcome back to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. You're listening to Episode 60, Transforming Preschool Behaviors with Social Emotional Learning. Before we get started, I must apologize. I have been sick for a week, and so if I sound all gunky, that's why. The preschoolers got me. They gave me one of their lovely viruses that I've been fighting for about a week. So just wanted to give you that FYI. I knew that you could definitely relate to that. On top of the germs that preschoolers give us, which can be challenging, another thing that can be challenging in the classroom is managing behaviors, Whether it's fit-throwing to hitting to peer issues, behaviors in the classroom can definitely leave you feeling overwhelmed and frustrated, and I totally get that. I feel like starting out and even, you know, throughout the years, it wasn't lesson planning that was the hardest for me. It wasn't, you know, setting up the classroom or, you know, getting centers out there for children to use, to play and learn. It really was the management piece of behaviors because you never really know what's going to be coming your way. And while you can you know, kind of prep yourself and do some things to really, you know, make sure that you have things in place like a visual schedule or, you know, having your mindset right around behaviors in your classroom, it still can really leave you feeling overwhelmed. So I really wanted to share with you something that has helped me in the way of changing my own mindset so that I can really help my little learners thrive and in turn, it has helped me get less frustrated and just not feeling that overwhelmed and like I wanna cry every day. (laughs) So um, I put all of this together in a brand new free guide, called The Guide to Social Emotional Learning in the Preschool Classroom. And I created this guide because I was seeing and hearing from lots of preschool teachers that are struggling with student behavior. And like that, I felt that deep because I know what that feeling's like, that you're just not that far away from a little mutiny, right? Like there's more of them than there is of me. And it's kind of scary. And sometimes with that, we want to control, 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 because we don't know what else to do. In fact, studies show that behavior challenges contribute to high levels of teacher stress and job dissatisfaction, which I know you can totally understand that. And so it's definitely an issue that you are not alone in, and it's affecting teachers everywhere. So now I've gotten extremely passionate about when I see children having behavior issues and how we handle it can make such a huge difference. It really has led me to want to share what I've learned, the things I've done, the things I did wrong, um, to really get to a place where it no longer bogs me down, gets me down, makes me stressed. I really see it from a different perspective, and I really honestly think that a lot of this is our own mindset of how children should act and what they should be doing, and how we can get them to do that thing we think that they should be doing. Now, I am definitely not a doctor. I am just a teacher, but I'm a teacher who has recognized how her own mindset affects that behavior in her classroom. And I really just want to share that experience with you. So I want to give you an example of kind of what I'm talking about when I talk about this mindset shift. And i like to call it if instead thinking. So if whatever you're currently doing isn't working, instead look deeper. What is the cause? And then with that cause, teach what's missing. So we are teachers at heart, right? We teach all the things we teach the academic skills, we teach how to zip coats, we teach sometimes how to wipe noses. So we also should be teachers of all things social and emotional to help our children when they're struggling. So really, when you kind of, first of all, flip that switch into children aren't born knowing how to handle these situations. And if I'm going to be a teacher, then I need to teach literally everything. And that sounds exhausting because it is. I mean, it it really is. But when you change that thinking, you go from you should know better. Why don't you know this? I've already told you to, yep, we're practicing this skill and learning takes some time. Let's do the example of hitting. We see hitting a lot with our young children. So Back in the day when I first started teaching, if I would have seen another child hitting another child, I would have explained that hitting hurts and then watched for it again. And if it would have happened again, they would have sat in a timeout. And then that would have continued and continued. And what may or may not have happened was they would stop hitting, which generally didn't happen, or they would become more sneaky when they were hitting so that I wasn't watching so they couldn't get in trouble. Because really what I was doing was just addressing the actual hitting itself. So those things weren't working. Maybe, you know, I'd go as far as, you know, a sticker chart if you don't hit. But if the hitting still is occurring and it's not working, then what can I do instead? And instead is that look deeper part. So asking why, really observing, why are they hitting in the first place? Instead of just addressing the hitting and we don't hit, why? Is the child angry and they don't know how to handle anger any other way? Maybe they're just wanting to play with that friend and they honestly don't know how, they don't have the words, and so they're just smacking them. And then obviously that gets the child's attention. So when we look deeper, we can really start seeing, oh, they don't know how to do this. So it goes from this accusatory of why can you not stop hitting, I've told you not to hit, to more of an empathetic, oh, you don't know how. Let me teach you. So those two frames of thinking are a complete switch of one another. Because I said so, stop hitting versus show me what the real thing is going on here so I can help you and aid you. So that instead is teaching. So once you find that why, then teach. So if the child is angry, teach what to do when you're angry at a friend. Teach them calm down techniques. Practice it. Role play it. Are they going to get it right the first time? Absolutely not. Keep working on it and then you'll see the real progress. So instead of just hiding it from you and being sneaky and continuing and continuing and then that child struggling because no one wants to be their friend because it doesn't feel good to get hit, you are really helping them become that better friend and help them understand and giving them some empathy for other people around them. Does it take a lot of work? Absolutely. Does it take energy? Of course. Does it take time? A lot of it. But let me tell you, when you get to that point where they have done something and you're like, oh my gosh, they would have hit before. And instead they said, can I have a turn with that? You are going to be just on cloud nine because they are learning a skill that they're going to use the rest of their life. Timeout is not going to work for them for the rest of their life, but teaching them how to handle the situation they're struggling with is going to help them. And I also want to make note of how the difference in the if-instead situations made me feel. Now, I come from a mom who doesn't mess around, she doesn't play. If I said so, I said so. She, you know, definitely keeps accountability and you don't cross her. So having some of that inside of me, that is kind of what my button was as a teacher before I worked on switching my own mindset was, what do you mean no? I said, go do this, then you go do it. Um, And so that would frustrate me. I would get angry and knowing I'm the adult in the room, still having to keep it under control, but I'm angry. And so when I'm saying go to timeout, it's not a gentle go to timeout, it's a go sit down. And I know that about myself, and that is what has changed for me. I don't get upset anymore. I i mean, I'm not going to say never. There are times where I am frustrated and done. Human nature kicks in. But for the most part, the way I used to feel, which was angry that I couldn't get control over this child to do what I thought that they should do, to looking at them deeper as a person and with empathy it's lifted a lot off of me. Instead of going, well, yep, that happened. Let me help them learn again. You know, take another step towards learning, figuring this out. I have less stress because of it. I have less anger. I have less frustration when I look at children in the way of instead I can teach them. And during those teaching moments, you're going to feel like it is more energy, more effort. But the thing that I've noticed is while it is more energy and it's more words and it's more effort, it's less stress and less frustration on my part and the child's part, obviously. Plus, I know that I am helping that child learn a skill that they can use far beyond my classroom And timeout wouldn't have done that for me. So it really also gives me that pride of knowing that I am helping that child go further in their life rather than just stifling. So when I say that, you know, us as teachers, we make the, you know, huge, huge impact in their lives, we really do. And how we view situations has a direct impact on our children and the progress that they make. So what this has done also in my classroom has created no need for any sort of behavior chart, for sticker charts, for warm and fuzzies, for class rewards, for red and green choices. All those things aren't there. And the reason is because we are learning social emotional skills all the time, every week intentionally and in the moment. And I'm really more in tune to what I can help each child do versus teaching each child whether that's a yes choice in my opinion or a no choice in my opinion. It's really helping them understand deeper of why the things we do can affect others or affect ourselves. First and foremost, I'm always teaching in the moment. I feel that children learn best when it's right there when it's happening, if it's possible, right? Sometimes if they're too upset or if they've shut down, That lesson is not going to work at that moment, but in the moment is my first and foremost priority. But I've also found a great need and great success with being intentional in whole group lessons. So once a week, we do shared experiences with social emotional skills. It's wonderful because when we do these lessons, we can later draw back on them. It gives everybody in the class common language around the words that we use, you know, in relation to social emotional learning, whether it's patience or, you know, your personal bubble or your personal space. And it helps them go, oh, yeah, I remember when we talked about that, or I can touch on it. Remember when we read that book and the character, you know, did whatever, how that relates to what they're happening, what's happening now. They've already got that schema. They've already had that experience where they go, oh yeah, yes, I do understand that. So it provides that deeper understanding. I've also found that it helps children remind each other of social emotional skills because of the shared experience. And sometimes that's all they need. They don't always need me to step in. Remember, we wait patiently. Wait. Sometimes it's not easy to wait. And I'm hearing them say these things to each other, which is amazing as well. So having that intentionality has really helped me and not reactional all the time. So if I'm being intentional, I'm kind of helping curb some of those things that might come up. And if they do come up, we can touch back with them on that social emotional lesson. For us, a social emotional lesson looks like reading a book that is directly tied to this skill having some discussion time where we are talking together and I have some discussion points in front of me, but definitely letting letting the children participate in the discussion and doing an extension activity. So kind of a way that we can drive home this idea and practice it, whether it be through role play, whether it's through different scenarios, a game, just a way to really kind of drive this home. Now, That may sound like a lot, but it really is quick. I try to keep it quick unless the discussion naturally goes farther, which of course I let it if they're engaged in this discussion. Sometimes we need to bump the extension activity to a different day. That's fine too. But really just trying to introduce a social emotional skill in a bite-sized way that's engaging inappropriate for preschoolers. So an example of this might be a lesson on how to apologize. So the goal is how to apologize to others. We might read the book, Martha Doesn't Say Sorry, and we will discuss it. We have some discussion points about what an apology is, why it's important to apologize, you know, talking with children about whether that they've either had an apology given to them or given an apology. And then during the extension activity, we are going to make a anchor chart of how to apologize and there's different steps and we talk about each step and put them in order. And so later we can use that anchor chart. I'll hang it on the wall and we can use that later if they need help in learning to apologize or practicing how to apologize. I can walk them through those steps and that's already familiar to them because we did it as a group. In that free guide that I was telling you about, there's also a chart of which social emotional skills you could be focusing on. So we look at things of self-awareness, you know, growth mindset, emotions, self-confidence, how you're unique, things like that. We also do lessons on social awareness of having that empathy for others and celebrating that we are different. We also do lessons around self-management. Impulse control, self discipline, controlling your own feelings, how to handle, you know, anger and sadness and working towards goals and self motivation and things that really are moving them forward in the self realm. And then we also do lessons around relationship skills, using the communication with peers, building relationships with others, how to become a friend, how to be a good friend. And then By the very, very end of the year, we move into some decision-making skills such as what is the problem? How can we solve this problem? Begin to make ethical decisions, reflect back on some of those decisions that we've made. So those are some of the things that we go through in these intentional whole group lessons. So I've told you about the free guide to help you go from being frustrated and overwhelmed to really seeing real progress with student behaviors. So if you're ready to download that, that is completely free. Just head to the show notes for a link at lovelycommotion.com slash episode 6060 to get your free copy. I hope you found this episode helpful and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. Keep being lovely, y'all. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely.